0: Sports professor Riccardo, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, and it gets bigger and better every month. All the sports are either actively involved in playing, thinking about playing, or playoffs. That means more money for the industry. So look at deal-making issues three to one. Three. Fanatics sees their valuation skyrocket on the back of their trading card deal as they raise $350 million for trading card business that brings the venture to an evaluation of $10.4 billion. Sources indicate that Fanatics will still hold more than 80% of the company's shares, Fanatics Trading Cards. The rest held by investors, sports leagues, players' association. Investors in the latest funding round includes private equity giant Silver Lake, Endeavor, and venture capital firm Insight Partners. Total valuation to Fanatics generally now over $18 billion, including the sports betting business. Looking into the future, the trading card business expected to become an evolved trading platform for collectors. Fanatics extremely well positioned with long-term exclusive licenses from NBA, Players Association, MLB and its association, and the NFLPA in place. Those licenses set the table for Fanatics going forward. Two. Dealmaking issue number two. It comes from a very significant world, Dapper Labs, giving fans a chance to purchase NFTs of their famous mom- favorite moments in the NFL. The platform for NFTs doesn't even have a name yet, but the plan to start dropping the collectibles sometime during the current NFL season. No shortage of memorable moments that Dapper could include in a debut set. From the Hail Mary to the Minneapolis Miracle, Magic is what happens in NFL stadiums, Dapper Lab has said. And the NFL's popularity, of course, could create huge demand for football NFTs. While NBA Top Shot saw its sales peak in February and March after stories of massive sales spiked interest. New releases sell out instantly, despite queues that limit all users to a single pack and deny many potential buyers a chance to purchase at all. While these will be the first notable NFL NFTs to hit the marketplace, Panini released a limited number of digital collectibles representing players in the league to go along with their physical NFL cards. That's deal-making issue number two. Who didn't know about or watch the Bucks Patriots, the NFL main story for one of the biggest regular season games in history? 26 million Watch the regular season opener between Dallas and Tampa. Many more this game. The Brady-Belichick reunion was one piece. The NFL celebrating regular season drama is another piece. And the bottom line is the NFL is in position to maximize its Amazon deal, the NBC Thursday night, and the rising media tide lifts all boats. Leading into another very interesting dynamic with a synergy that we won't soon forget. Esports, one of the fastest growing sports on the planet, if not the fastest, you put them together with a world-class entrepreneurial company, you get a juggernaut. Not juggernaut yet, but tending to be and moving in that direction. The founder, Eric Yoon, ESTV, the world's first 24/7 leader in esports, and from a platform distribution, they boast relationships with TV+, PlayStation, Ruko, uh, Roku, Fire, Vizio, Rakuten, Sling, all of the traditional conventional networks as well. Doing dynamic things, including a new uh, content relationship with Kisscam to individually tailor content to to uh, fans who are avid. Bottom line is, this is a company whose perspective is certainly worth understanding. Therefore, I give you Eric Yoon. And an entrepreneur, world class entrepreneur, who's on the forefront of this uh, company called ESTV. Eric Yoon, founder, uh, heartbeat entrepreneur. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Fine, how are you, Rick? Good, wonderful. Um, tell us a little bit about how the company and the entity came to be, and how you conceptualized this.
1: Sure, absolutely. Uh, we were founded back in May of 2019. That's when we first
0: aired, uh,
1: currently uh, airing on a, uh, most of uh, major uh, connected TV, smart TV, as well as OTT platforms and the uh, digital uh, uh, platform as well, and a mobile. So uh, we're currently uh, distributed in 45 countries, uh, North America, U.S., and Canada, as well as uh, 42 countries uh, across the Europe, as well as Brazil, and continue to uh, expand our distribution. Uh, As of this Friday, October 1st, we'll be launching a uh, second largest uh, populated country in the world, India, on a a Xiaomi platform. Currently, our uh, ESTV is distributed on a uh, major smart TV, which includes the Samsung TV, to TCL, to Hisense, to the uh, uh, Brazil, and the other uh, smaller operator, as well as the uh, major uh, OTT platform like the OTT, uh, no, uh, Roku, uh, Live TV, uh, Amazon Fire TV, and the uh, uh, Sling TV and a smaller OTT uh, platform like a Red TV, Plex, and a uh, Viva Live TV, Ticket Live, as well as the uh, Select TV, and then some of the uh, gaming console on PlayStation as well as the Atari.
0: You have cornered the market on distribution. It is obvious. And one of the things that I have to kind of ask uh, for your uh, edification for the people that are listening from a business perspective, how do you get the ball rolling? You know, I mean, you got a concept. The concept is distribute content to as many people as you can. What's a business strategy to start with some influencers and then gather steam? you got in all those countries, but your first decision strategically – had to be the most important. So talk about that a little bit. In order for the
1: uh, business to succeed uh, media entertainment or the linear TV is that a uh, distribution and content is a hand-in-hand programming. So we partner up with the over 100 different con- uh, content creators uh, throughout the uh, uh, worldwide. And the, uh, that includes the, uh, you know, all the major gaming uh, genre as well as the, uh, uh, some traditional sports that are into the uh, esports. So uh, we currently uh, broadcast at a uh, uh, programming from the uh, Liechtenstein to Sweden to the uh, global uh, partnership uh, with the different uh, uh, assets. Uh, and then we uh, last year during the pandemic we built out a uh, collegiate site, and we have a partner with the, uh, some of the uh, collegiate conferences, and the, we broadcast their uh, esports uh, tournaments uh, every day, Monday through Friday and the, uh, as well as the uh, uh, Echelon Cycling Racing and then sim racing uh, partners that we have from six countries that we uh, uh, do the auto racing, as well as we just onboarded the uh, Tennessee Esports. And then we've been also uh, broadcasting on a uh, Chess 24 meltwater uh, tournament and the drone racing from the Lichtenstein. So the uh, content is uh, next step, and it's really critical for the uh, uh, viewer to be more sticky and the uh, viewership to uh, continue to rise. And uh, we, we have a partner with the, some of the original content partners that will be uh, broadcasted on air next year called Dependia.com.
0: As you developed your relationships with both content and distribution, uh, were there any particular networks or success stories you patterned yourself after? You know, a lot of people who don't know media well We'll look at how ESPN started with their smaller sport offerings and then branched out, and then how some of the traditional networks, like a Fox, buys product, buys winners, and then makes them more international as a consequence. What's your kind of model? Who did you emulate the most, or is it all particularly unique to you?
1: Uh, it is unique to, uh, to us on every single different uh, partners that we have. And then also, uh, we started as a media entertainment company. Now we be, uh, became a media entertainment technology company. What well, we uh, wanted to uh, give our viewer and a user the experience of the interactivity between the, uh, our channel and the, uh, our viewers. So uh, we uh, incorporated some of the technology into our system, including hologram to the AR and VR partnership. Uh, and the latest one was Kisscam to give the, uh, our fans and our viewers to be able to capture the, uh, their unique moment and to be able to send it in those uh, uh, short video clips that we can be able to embed it into our stream as well.
0: So the idea, especially the Kiss cam one recently, which we're familiar with, is to provide some unique opportunity for the viewer in a very snackable opportunity to uh, generate some excitement that is individual viewership you take care of the big content, the esport, the cycling, and the like. But the relationships with folks such as Kisscam are for that, that unique, individualized viewing experience, huh?
1: Correct, because the uh, traditional uh, TV or the linear side of what's missing is the interactivity between the uh, viewer and the programmer. And we were, uh, we were actually uh, bringing these technology into to uh, give the, our viewer and user uh, be able to interact with the, uh, our programming as well as the, uh, our platform. That's the major uh, our agenda that I, uh, we're moving forward with.
0: Tell me, as we get into content for a few minutes, um, yeah. you uh, obviously did your homework very significantly by uh, emphasizing eSports. Uh, eSports was, uh, I would say, an afterthought seven, eight years ago. Now it's the fastest growing, everybody would agree, at all levels, even ultimately the Olympics in a couple of years So, was it hard to crack the code? What was the first kind of unique area for you guys in ESTV relative to the uh, carrying and distribution of esports?
1: No, I I think it was kind of natural. Uh, We started our business uh, back in 2004 as a cable network. Uh, We own and operate two uh, cable uh, uh, networks that distributes uh, throughout the United States as well as a uh, K-pop music video on-demand service. I am a Korean-American who was born in uh, Korea back and moved out to the United States back in 1975. As you know, the uh, e was born out of Korea back in the 80s with the StarCraft League. And the, uh, it was kind of a natural thing. And when we first started the uh, broadcast on a cable, we had a few hours of uh, uh, gaming content, esports content back then in Korean language. So we were just waiting for the right moment and time uh, to uh, be able to launch this to the mainstream.
0: Do we think that esports will continue its meteoric rise? And do you foresee a time in the not-too-distant future where it does actually become an Olympic event?
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they're uh, they talking about an Asian game, I believe, in next year, 2022, to right. uh, do a testing and be, uh, do an esports event uh, within there. And I believe this Summer Olympic, uh, they had, I think they were mulling over whether to uh, you know, do the exhibition game. And I, I think it might have already done it. So uh, it'll be the, uh, uh, no different than a traditional sport. Esports will be the same thing. I mean, the, some of the universities already have uh, classes and a degree for the uh, esports management, as well as the uh, teams. And they give out a scholarship. Uh, to uh, more uh, bring over the uh, some of the athletes from, you know, uh, within the states or the overseas.
0: Like all sports, I mean, now we're seeing recruiting for eSports. We're seeing teaching management for eSports, seeing training for the business. That's just the sign that the business is getting more and more mature, and you guys are on top of it. What about the relationships between the teams and the leagues? Let's take the NBA. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. most of the teams, if not all, have their own, individual uh, esports. Uh, Le- Leonsis has started with their Team Liquid and on and on and on. Where does that go? I guess my real question is how, from your perspective, is esports governed over the next few years? Does, is, is there a governing body that will control everything? Is it the wild, wild west like it is today? Is it, is it a combination?
1: It is still the wild, wild west. And I, I think as the esports uh, ecosystem grows and gets bigger, I believe there is going to be a governing body that's going to be controlling over. So, uh, just uh, as you talk about the NBA, I'm sure it's going to fall under NBA uh, for each team. Having the uh, esports team uh, under the uh, their traditional uh, NBA basketball team uh, to have the esports. You know, Lakers has one, and yeah, they uh, report under the uh, Lakers, and the, uh, they they do have a games uh, among other uh, teams. Uh, across the uh, states and the uh, those will eventually just grow into it and the the reason i think the uh, sports franchise is launching the esports gaming is that they they want to be able to bring a younger audience to their traditional side of the sports as well as the gaming side so uh, basically the uh, you know you, you will interact and the also those viewer that watch plays a game will eventually turn into the uh, traditional sport as well, too. And that it's a and, more for the branding and a book.
0: Yeah, Makes a lot of sense. And the younger demographic is, of course, the prize. It will be the older demographic down the road. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the gaming, uh, kind of the final concept we'll talk about. Before, May of two years ago, it was Vegas and maybe Jersey, and now uh, every league – has eight or nine different uh, independent freestanding gambling relationships uh, each team, uh, FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, uh, Caesars, all yeah. of the biggies. You, it's an entirely different landscape, as you know. Yeah. Um, where is the ESTV in the middle of that, and where do you see the gaming industry generally?
1: I think the, uh, you know, uh, eSports will eventually get into the betting as well, too, because uh, there's more game that's played every day, globally, every hour. Literally 24 hours a day, there's a... Uh, uh, some kind of event that's going on uh, throughout the world. And, the, uh, you know, I'm sure that the, everybody wants to be able to capture that opportunity uh, on the betting side or the gambling side. And then, I, uh, you know, I work with the uh, eSports Entertainment Group, EEG, uh, which is a betting platform. And then also there is a uh, uh, gaming fund that I'm involved, New Game Fund. Uh, they are recently presented to the Ohio State for the uh, eSports betting site. So uh, even the states are, uh, individual states are looking into the, uh, getting into this uh, opportunity on it. And if I may add, you know, we talked about the NBA basketball. Uh, Our group is uh, made up with the uh, former NFL player. And then I I work uh, directly with the NFL Alumni Association. I am an eSports advisor. And then within our uh, ESTV celebrity team, we have a, a three former NFL player. That includes Amon Green. Uh, Shane Breen and uh, Brock Breen that we also formulate different uh, leagues. We have a uh, Ultimate Gaming League UGL partnership that uh, targets the uh, celebrity side. And uh, we just finished the season one. Season two will be uh, uh, starting very soon. That is also made up with the uh, former uh, traditional sports. And I talked to the uh, some of the athletes, and the, they all play games, whether it's a, a sports athlete or the uh, musicians
0: artist. Well, the one thing that's very clear is that every question that we're asking about the future of the business, you've got them covered uh, in spades, so we're all comfortable. ESTV will be around as a major player for a long time. Final question, Eric and you know, where is the company, let's say, your big crystal ball five years from now?
1: Five years from now, I'd mean, I like to and our vision is uh, to become the leader in esports and the, uh, you know, 24-7 leader in e-sports, Death Star motto.
0: If you're building a company, pick some content that's interesting, diversify it across many platforms, raise the dollars and get going. That seems where ESTV has excelled, not only today, but in the future. Let's look at the Sports Tech Minute. 76 Capital launches a venture capital fund focused primarily on sports betting. $50 million expected to be raised when fully capitalized, made up of investments from Pirates owner Robert Nutting, AMBSC Ventures, an investment firm and fund backed by Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank. The first 76 sports betting fund raised about $40 million according to a 2017 SEC filing. Retired NFL players Brian Westbrook, DeMarco Murray, James Devlin, also investors, along with current Buffalo Bills wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Pennsylvania's Ben Franklin Technology Development Authority allocated a million toward the fund. 76 offloaded several ventures this year, including selling sports betting operator Victory to streaming service. Fubo TV, $37.2 million in February. And the goal of the VC fund to profit from the U.S. sports and gaming industry, which could well be worth, worth upwards of $50 billion when all states pass legislation legalizing it. Say that again. If all states, and when, not if, pass legislation legalizing it, $50 billion. And that's an underestimate. So hang on to your gaming industry shares, stock, and otherwise. Finally, let's end it with Good Sports 5, the philanthropic aspect of moving through the COVID pandemic and otherwise. Phil Knight, Sabrina Neskew, partnered to launch NIL marketing firm for University of Oregon athletes ahead of their issues. Division Street also collaborates with ADOPT, an athlete-centric creative company co-founded by Clutch Sports Group founder Rich Paul. So, with all of these folks getting into the NIL Act, philanthropic contributions sure to follow. The Yankees and T-Mobile partner bring free internet to 11,000 underprivileged kids in New York. Very appropriate as the playoffs start. New York Yankees' Diversity and Inclusion Committee formalized in September 2020, the result of an extended period of planning and collaboration with community leaders within the Yankees organization to determine the appropriate framework for imparting meaningful and long-lasting change. Sophie Goldschmidt appointed the U.S. Ski and Snowboard President and CEO. She was the executive position holder with NBA, Players Association, Women's TA, uh, Rugby Football Union, Chime Sports, and otherwise, she'll certainly be in a good position focusing on getting ready for the 2022 Olympics. The Utah Jazz and Zoom partner to live stream the jazz practice this weekend. Live to 50,000 people worldwide. The growth of streaming services and chat rooms as well over the last year has been tenfold. Zoom exploded in the workplace, in universities, and now wrapped into sports. And then finally, LaMelo Bell started up his own scholarship program, rewarding a four year scholarship to LIU's Rock Nation School of Music, Sports, and Entertainment for the upcoming 2021 22 academic year. 20 years old, LaMelo getting off to a fast start at giving back his to his community. Watch his superstardom rise. Well, that's it for the show today. We'd like to thank Eric Yoon for his perspective on ESTV. We'd like to thank all of you who put together pieces of this show and created the unique content we have. And we'd like to thank all of you for listening and watching. And join us next week when we look at other issues in the $1.3 trillion business of sports. I'm the sports professor Riccaro. Have a good week.